Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, welcome to Jules Says. I'm Jules, Julie McCarthy, grandmother, mom, chatter, listener, mistake maker, reader, documentary lover. If you'd like to tell or ask me anything, email me at jewelsays at gmail.com, J-E-W-E-L-S, says at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I got some emails this week asking my opinion from a couple of mothers of teens. I was going to say teen moms, but that's mother of teen is a different thing. So I figured I might as well talk about teens today because I care about them deeply. I think those years are such a challenging time for all of us and even more so in a lot of ways for young people today than in my day. I've spent a lot of time with teenagers over the years, plus I used to be one, obviously, and I remember how I felt back then. It was not a good time for me anyway. I think that's not uncommon. My dance classes were more often with teens than adults, and my community theater days were usually spent with children and teens. My voice teacher, Miranda, in Sarnia was a teen when I took voice lessons from her. Most of my babysitters were teens. Except for Val. My gals had the consistency of the same daytime babysitter, Val, from the time I went back to work after Joanne. I would hire a teen if I had somewhere to go at night. Plus, I also hired a teen for the summer so Val could have the summer off with her own two children. When my girls were teens, their friends used to spend a lot of time at our house. So I love them. Even if they sometimes drove me crazy, which they did. Sometimes they drove me crazy with inconsideration, sometimes crazy with worry. But we've all been there. And for some reason, a lot of these kids would confide in me. And I know my kids confided in other adults as well. There were things they didn't feel comfortable talking to me about. So I think it's really important to have trusted adults in your life who aren't your parents. 
it really does take a village. One 17-year-old girl, I don't recall whether she was in one of my dance classes or whether I knew her from theater, she told me that she felt as though her mother didn't love her. Of course, I asked her, why do you feel that way? She said her mom let her do whatever she wanted from the time she was 13, so she obviously didn't care about her. I didn't know her mother, and I still don't. But I assured her at the time that her mom probably thought she was just being a cool mom. The other thing that made me realize was no matter how much your children will complain about you paying attention to what they're doing or setting boundaries, deep down, they know that you're doing it because you care. Carrie has even said to me, Oh, mom, I'm going to be way stricter than you were when I have children. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually rich because... She thought I was ruining her life when she was 16. One other girl, whose mother I actually did know quite well, told me that her father told her that her mother didn't love her, and she agreed. Now, it is true that this mom had some alcohol issues, a history of eating disorders, which probably aren't a standalone mental health problem, and seemed to be exceptionally self-absorbed, but I just... Don't think it's in a person's best interest to be told that their parent doesn't love them. Even if the parent seems to not love them, I mean, we are all human. And just because you're a human being and you give birth, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be great at emotionally connecting with your children. I mean, we're all human and we're all different and we're all flawed. So she and I talked about this and I told her rightly or wrongly, that her mother maybe just wasn't capable of being loving because she was so focused on her own issues. Ideally, if we are a parent and we're focused on our own issues, we do something about that. But again, we're all human. We don't all have access to mental health resources. Now, I didn't let mine do whatever they wanted. I was actually kind of strict, although I am a binge drinker. I read somewhere that if a woman has three or more drinks in any one session, she's a binge drinker. So I guess I'm a binge drinker. But my own children have told me that I didn't seem to care, not because I was permissive. But I think there were times that they were going through something and I maybe backed off too much. I was trying not to pry. I thought I was giving them space. And to be honest, I also didn't listen enough. And there were times they interpreted that as me not caring. So even if your teen seems to be pushing you away, try to remember they're still vulnerable, their brains are still developing, and they still need you. It's a tough balance giving them agency and then protecting them and having them actually accept that protection. I feel terrible that I made that mistake and I can't get that time back. One of my good friends, Denise, used to tell me to kiss them in the face and tell them you love them, even when they act like they hate you. I remember saying to her, what? No, she'd hate that. I can't do that. I didn't believe her. But in retrospect, I think she was right. Her daughter, Brooke, was one of our summer teen babysitters. She was great. I also bought this book by Dr. Michael Bradley called Yes, Your Teen is Crazy, Loving Your Kid Without Losing Your Mind, because I had so little confidence that I was doing anything right. 
I loaned that book out to friends. I bought a number of copies for friends. One of the first chapters was about how the brain undergoes a surge in neurological development between around the ages of 12 and 25, particularly in the area of impulse control. So if you don't understand why your teen does something, it's highly likely that they can't explain why either. I mean, at the time, I think it's common knowledge now, but at the time, this was a revelation to me. These poor kids are not only dealing with hormone changes, peer and societal pressure, their brains are actually misfiring. And on top of that, there is a permanent record of so many of their mistakes. In the 70s, eventually our mistakes would be forgotten. I can't even imagine how hard this is for them. And the nonstop news cycle is full of doom and gloom. At least when I was a kid, I only saw the news if I read the paper or tuned into it at 6 or 11. We just didn't have to deal with this never-ending flood of information and misinformation. I find it anxiety-provoking now, at my age, never mind a young person who has to think about their future. Dr. Bradley also explains that they know deep down when they've made a mistake and they have an acute sense of justice. He also emphasized how important it is to listen, 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 which I didn't do a very good job of. Ask them what they think. Remain calm if they tell you something you'd rather not know. Don't shout, judge, or lecture. And that is easier said than done. I think I was a bit luxury. I think that was my style, which was not good. Maybe this podcast sounds luxury. I'm just trying to tell you what I did wrong. I'd really, I'm fine with admitting my mistakes because hopefully I learn from them and ideally people learn from them before they make the same mistakes. That book saved my sanity so many times. I used to refer to specific sections and prepare myself for a situation, reassure myself, okay, you handled that okay. It is scary for parents because when your children are little, you can protect them. But as they gain independence, there's a risk that some of their choices could potentially derail their lives or worse. One of the other books I read was Reviving Ophelia, Saving the Selves of Adolescent Girls by Mary Pfeiffer. I mean, maybe the content in some of these books is way out of date today, but even though technology and societal standards are changing at an exponential rate, I think the human fundamentals are probably still pretty much the same. I felt worthless and sad as a teen, and it was so important to me to instill confidence in my girls. There are tons of other resources, and if you can afford decent mental health services, by all means, give it a shot. Having a professional to talk to yourself can help, even if your child is unwilling to engage or go. It used to drive me crazy to hear some parents go on and on about how perfect their children were. And there were times I felt like the only one who lived every day with knots of anxiety about my own. So I didn't gild the lily. I was pretty open with my friends and close colleagues about some of the challenges we were going through. And I found as soon as I opened up a bit, others started sharing their less than perfect experiences too. So I think it's important. It makes us feel supported and we learn from each other. For me anyway, it made me feel like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'm not the only one completely going about everything wrong. Oh, I want to tell you about 
this animated Netflix series. It's called Big Mouth. It's written by comedians. It's really funny and cringe-level explicit. But I do think it's worth checking out because, well, your children might be watching it anyway. But you might want them to watch it if they aren't. It deals with all kinds of physical and emotional changes that middle schoolers and onward go through. Different parenting styles, divorce, friendship troubles, shame, depression, you name it. I found it very relatable as a parent and also reflecting back to how I felt when I was that age. A couple of years ago, Grandfather Abe and I went to a live panel chat with the creators. Comedians, of course. I happen to think that you have to be highly insightful, observant, and creative to be a good comedy writer. So, mm, to me, it kind of makes sense that comedians created something like this. I also think comedy is a beautiful way to talk about, show, deal with really tough issues. I've always felt that way. I think a really well-written sitcom or comedic film, sometimes even while you're laughing, it's still making you think. You're going, oh, yeah, I never thought of it that way. And same with stand-up. Stand-up is very often an opportunity to make light of serious issues, and it does get people thinking. And the laughter is also a really great release for tough subjects. But anyway... Abe and I went to this panel chat, and it's not just written by comedians. They have child psychology and development expert contributors to all the subject matter and how it's handled. So it's not just them coming up with stuff. They're running it by professionals who could say, oh, you know, maybe you shouldn't handle it that way. That could be triggering or whatever. You might feel that it's too explicit. Like, honestly, sometimes we just watched season five and there were times when I'm like, oh, my God, gross. But young people have the Internet. They have free access to all kinds of pornography. And I think it might make some of them feel a little less abnormal or ashamed of their private thoughts. I think there's a character in this show that all of us can relate to. So I recommend you check it out. Big Mouth on Netflix. Oh, and of course, Catherine Ryan content is always teen positive. If you haven't had the pleasure of hearing Glam Role Model, one of her earlier shows, she has some good advice for teens dealing with social media starting at about the 30-minute mark. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
It's audio only, so available on music apps. And it is older content, so some of the references are obviously from when she did that, but I think the underlying message is timeless. I got some emails, and I'm going to share two of them with you. Take whatever I say with a grain of salt. You might disagree. That's okay. I do not expect everyone in the world to agree with me, and if anyone says they do, then they're a psycho. Found condoms. Ooh, dear Jules, I heard you're the lady to ask for advice. (laughs) I'm the mother to a 16-year-old teenage boy. Recently, while cleaning, now mom put in brackets here, snooping, that's not my word, through his room, I found a box of condoms. The box is open with condoms missing from it. I was completely shocked as my son doesn't have a girlfriend. What should I do? Should I talk to him about finding the condoms or do I pretend I didn't see them? My son would be mortified to have this conversation with me, but I'm not sure if pretending I don't know that he's possibly having sex with random girls is the responsible mother thing to do. Any advice? Ooh, talking about sex is always challenging for parents. It shouldn't be. It's a natural part of life, but it is. Just get him to watch Big Mouth. No. Well, he could do that too. Finding condoms, though, is actually a good thing because you know he's being responsible, or at least intends to be responsible. So congratulations. As for whether he's used them, you don't need to know that. If it makes you feel any better, it's possible that he's just carrying them in case the need arises, no pun intended, or he's sharing them with friends. As for telling him you found them, I don't necessarily think you need to do that. If you confront him, he'll probably say, oh, I'm storing them for my friend. So, I mean, there's no point. He no doubt trusts you to respect his privacy or he wouldn't have had that box of condoms where you'd find it. So you might want to think about whether you're prepared to own up to betraying his trust and how that conversation might go. I do think there's value in having conversations with him about the importance of condoms in general. He probably will not like talking to you about it, but sex is a natural part of life. And surely he understands by age 16 that you were a human woman before you became his mother. And you were a 16-year-old girl once, so you know very well how he's thinking and what he's thinking with. So... Maybe the conversation could just be about his own protection. And no matter what, never, ever, ever trust that a partner who says she's on the pill is taking it properly, especially if it's not a steady girlfriend. I used to think it was fine to sometimes miss a pill or two and just catch them up. I tell people about this just to make sure that they understand that if the pill is their form of birth control, they need to be very consistent in taking it. Because about a month after Joanne's first birthday, I had what I thought was a persistent flu and some bloating. It was January, her birthday's the beginning of December, and I thought to myself, oh shit, could I be... Ugh, no. When was my... Oh God. In the 80s, we couldn't just get a reliable pregnancy test at the drugstore. We had to see the doctor, get a lab requisition, go to the lab, and then wait for the results. So... I'm thinking, no, I missed a couple, but I caught them up. I called the doctor's office at the end of a work day, and the verdict? It's positive, Mrs. Ryan. Okay, I said. I have a tubal ligation scheduled for Thursday. 
Perhaps we should cancel that. Will do, Mrs. Ryan. My father-in-law used to say, "'Tis the Holy Ghost who decides." It seems a bit off-brand for the Holy Ghost to have decided on Carrie Ryan, but hey, she is a light in our lives, so thank you, Holy Ghost. But I was an adult married mother with a full-time job, and if you're not ready for a baby, birth control depth of defense is crucial especially if he's not in a monogamous relationship. And even if you are, you can't necessarily trust that your partner is also monogamous, but you might want to talk about STI risk or direct him to reliable resources. And if you don't feel comfortable talking to him, maybe dad or a trusted adult is available, so get him involved. I don't know how much sex education children get in your area, but information is power. He obviously knows he should use condoms because he has the condoms, but sometimes even well-intentioned, informed people make rash decisions in the heat of the moment. So if you or dad or another adult is talking to him, maybe emphasize that he should never, ever give in to not using protection, not even just once. As for not having a girlfriend, I'm old. I'm a bit old school, so... I'm not comfortable with the idea of just hooking up, but young people feel differently about that. As long as everyone is being safe, kind, respectful, and not slut-shaming, is it really such a bad thing? And I can tell you that I stuck with my first two years too long because I thought I had to marry him. That's not good. I'm going to recommend another podcast. This covers a lot of topics, but two of them are specific to concerns here. Hidden Brain with Shankar Vedantam. He brings experts into a lot of these discussions about how the mind works. There's an episode called Just Sex, which discusses college hookup culture, which probably applies to high schoolers too. It was really informative and insightful, and I don't think I'd be comfortable with hookup culture, but it could be okay. It might be better than just sticking with a girlfriend he really doesn't want to be with. The other Hidden Brain episode that comes to mind is called You 2.0 in the Heat of the Moment. That talks about how people, sometimes when they're super angry or super horny, will do something that they could never imagine they would have done. It's really interesting. I recommend those two. And the good news is that he has condoms All that matters now is that he uses them when the time comes. Okay, I'm going to do one more. I'm really thrilled that people are actually emailing me. Yay! Dear Jules, I am so thrilled that you've started a podcast of your own. Thank you! I'm thrilled too. I listen to Catherine's podcast, and I love when she calls you and asks for advice. I also listened to Catherine's book, The Audacity, and I loved it. I laughed out loud many, many times and also cried, sobbed, actually. It was beautifully written and delivered. I totally agree. Catherine was always a really good writer and very insightful, even when she was little. You have successfully raised three daughters, and I'm in awe of how you managed three teenagers at once. I'm writing for advice about my 16-year-old son. He is mostly a good kid. He holds down two part-time jobs. He's pleasant to be around about 85% of the time, which is a win. He's social and he loves hockey. He's a good Canadian lad. 
He has always done well at school and been polite to teachers. Recently, I got a phone call from the vice principal of his school letting me know that he had received an in-school suspension. He quietly left class without permission and returned about 30 minutes later. What was he doing during that time? Just walking around outside with friends who had also left class. He swears up and down that this is all that was happening, that he and his friends met up outside to hang out. Am I naive to believe this story? He also vowed that this was an isolated incident and he will prove that he can do better. What do you think an appropriate punishment is for his behavior? Taking away his phone is not possible as he needs it at one of his jobs. He also bought his own phone and pays the plan for it. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for giving me credit for successfully raising teenage daughters. I did my best and I made some mistakes. But just as society really needs to stop blaming the mother for anything that goes wrong with her adult children, I think we also can't necessarily take credit for their success, tempting though that is, because mine are so great. But during those years, I wasn't sure that they'd come back to the wonderful little people they were at 12. Honestly, it sounds as though your son is a great guy who is on the right track. Is he perfect? Of course not. That would be weird. But I think teens are tricky because as they earn more and more agency, they're learning that they are accountable for their choices and the natural consequences as opposed to parental consequences. Some consequences are good, which your son clearly knows. He's earning money. He enjoys success at school, friendships, hockey, all of that. Every success that a person earns is self-esteem building. And he's clearly very responsible. He's paying for his own phone. I've never heard of a 16-year-old who does that. Maybe they're out there, but I think that's pretty amazing for a 16-year-old. With everything he has on his plate, school still is his primary job. It's his primary responsibility. And school isn't just about the curriculum. It's about learning self-discipline, working toward goals, working with others, being accountable for results, working on things we don't enjoy, being present when required. And the suspension was a natural consequence of his choice to leave. If this were a paying job, being fired may have been the natural consequence. Your disappointment is a natural consequence of his choice, too, because I guarantee you this kid cares what you think, so I'm not sure that he needs another punishment from you. Overall, he's a great kid with a conscience, and I think it's also important for him to know that you do trust him to tell the truth. If you trust him, and he knows deep down he was lying, he sounds like the type of person who has enough of a conscience to feel badly about lying. And feeling guilty is no fun for someone with a conscience. From the sounds of it, he hasn't given you a lot of reasons not to trust him, so I think you should let him know that you believe what he's telling you. I mean, you might want to have a calm discussion with him about the whole thing. I'm sure he already knows how disappointed you are. You could remind him that if that were a paying job, he could have been fired, but that sounds a bit luxury, and that was one of the mistakes I made regularly. You've asked him why. It was probably just a nice day, and he felt like it. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't have an answer. 
The other possibility, though, is that he might be upset about something. So it's possible that something is bothering him that he hasn't opened up about. Or maybe one of his friends is going through something and the gang kind of just went, ah, fuck it, we're going to go hang out with our friend to help him feel better. It's a nice day. Let's just do it. If you do have a conversation with him about it, just please make sure you listen to whatever he has to say. And I think not necessarily this situation. He's already had punishment. But in any situation, I think at that age, it's reasonable to ask them what they think an appropriate punishment might be. He might surprise you and come up with something that you hadn't thought of, and he'll appreciate having been treated with respect. I just think when they get to that age, parental punishment is just tricky and not necessarily always warranted. Oh, but if you do want to punish, (laughs) this sounds awful. Maybe he could write an essay on why his choice was problematic and give it to you and the teacher. He would hate that, but also would force him to really think about and articulate the whole thing. And if he writes a comedic essay, laugh with him about it. He'll appreciate having been treated with respect rather than being punished. It just sounds like you're obviously doing a lot right with your son, and he sounds like a wonderful, wonderful young man who will grow up to be a wonderful old man. Well, that's all the time we have today. Thank you so much for listening. I'd love to hear what you think. Email me at jewelssays at gmail.com. Have a wonderful week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.